Give him a shot to do what? Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don Donato Bucci and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful intro as always and to our guy Mike Regina with the pump up JT and the Don intro music we have a lot to cover tonight we're, we're wide range of sports here tonight on the show so sit back relax you know get a cold coca-cola from the fridge as i would do and enjoy so let me welcome in everyone's favorite jt jimmy thompson how you feeling today damn you must be i don't know what's going on what happened to you today you're in a really good mood you got energy i don't know i feel like it's a setup Always what tricks energy. do you have up your sleeve? I always have energy. You never act, you never act like this. You, like wow. you always come in and kind of home home move and then you you build up. Like you starting out the gate happy. This shit is suspicious. I came off the bus uh shooting shooting hoops. Listen, I have a lot of energy. I don't appreciate how you always cut our JT and the Don intro music a little bit short and it throws me off and I'm just staring at the camera not realizing that, you know, We've started, so I, I don't know. Uh, is, it, is it my fault? You're not on your game. That, no, it's, yeah, exactly. Don't don't, don't blame script. me. Don't blame me for your stick, shortcomings. Stick to the script. Stick to the script. You know all the right. script. All right. Yeah, where I win these battles all the time. So let's start off, JT. Maybe the first time on this show with with some golf here. All right. On Tuesday, it was announced that the PGA Tour Live Golf and the DP World Tour would combine assets and create a new entity, a for-profit entity. This essentially ends any and all litigation between the sides. And as you may recall, Live Golf began in late 2021 with former PGA player Greg Norman as its commissioner and billions of dollars in backing from the Saudi sovereign wealth fund known as the Public Investment Fund or PIF. So, JT, right off the bat, what does this mean for the future of golf? I mean, I'm just going to give like the Cliff Notes version of what it means to me and how I understand this conversation going down. I'm pretty sure you'll give us the long analytical, you know, legal precedent for what this all means. But basically, to me, it means that the Saudis own golf. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. The way I took it is that they're exclusive investor in the PGA and they have the right of first refusal for any new investment. So, if that's true, then they basically own golf. Like the PGA is golf on the worldwide scale. And we talked about this when the live golf thing popped up, like, you know, where would this go? And, you know, how would they compete with the PGA with stealing guys? And here we are <laughs> now, basically they own the PGA. So 
if you own the PGA, you own the golf world. And that, in a nutshell, that's what it means to me. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't, I'm not sure what it means. I don't think no one does. Like, no one does. Cause like, will live golf still be a thing? Like, will, will it still be its own tour? You know, uh, Rory doesn't think so. Rory McElroy doesn't think so. But today, an, yeah, official, talk about him. <laughs> an official, an official of live today came out and said, live golf isn't going anywhere. So, I have no idea, like, will the PGA now have 54 whole events instead of 72 because Live Golf does 54 whole events? Like, will PGA kind of have a hybrid now? Like, in, in will there be team scoring on PGA events? Yeah. Like, who knows? To, to me, there will also have the potential of more international events now because they're, they're bringing in uh, Live Golf. Um, but my biggest question is, talk about the future of golf everyone i hear uh on tuesday said this is what this means for the future of golf is this is the best possible thing for the future of golf how and why explain to me because i have no answer for that like what is different what is different I, I i do not understand like the best players are still playing somewhere in the world on a golf course like i i don't get it i, I don't get it. like are they going to create a brand new sport out of golf somehow like I, I just don't get it. And like most live golfers, you know, we're still golfing in the major events anyway. We, we saw that at the Masters. We saw that Kepka winning the PGA championship, ironically enough, wins the PGA championship. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Like these guys were still going to be playing golf if if it didn't. Whoever, whoever was going to pay them, they were going to play the game like that. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what it is. So, yeah. so, so let me, I was going to ask you this question later, but I just want to ask you now because <laughs> it, you bring up a good point, but like, what do you think about guys like, like, like McElroy or like the guys that, you know, they were making a big deal about this. Do you think like they were like, Hey, we, we sense that this is coming because we know that our sport and our sport money talks. So whoever has the money ultimately is going to run everything. Do you think that like these guys, that didn't jump over to live initially were like, Hey, like, let us stand pat, wait for this to happen so we can save face when they eventually do merge or there's some kind of joining of these two leagues. Because I just think it's funny how, you know, everybody was all up in arms, but now like everything that they blame the guys that went to live golf for doing that now all of a sudden it's okay. Just because like there's money involved and it's, and it's publicly known that they're going to merge. Well, I think one, there's a shock factor. So I, I don't think guys know how to respond yet. And then for PR purposes, I think in general, I think in general, maybe PR purposes, but I think just in general, because if they let their true emotions come out, it would it would not look pretty and they'd be bashing the PGA, which is what the live golfers did. So I do think they're they're shocked. They're trying to figure out exactly what happened. And, you know, on on top of that, like. They. It's not like they're endorsing the live golfers. Like some of these PGA golfers are still like, we're at odds with these live golfers. So I, I don't, you know, I, I, I think I don't totally agree with what you, with, with that questioning. Cause like, I think they're shocked. And then two, they're not endorsing anything as of right now. Um, I'm sure they're going to play. So is that like a quiet endorsement? I, I don't know. I guess you could go down that line, but it, but it's more about, they're not saying, oh, hey, live golfers, come back. Let's have fun. Like, no, 
I, I haven't heard one PGA player open their arms up to those to those other players. And it's and it's crazy because they're they're to me it, it sounds like like this is how like gangs would act. It's like, oh, you know, like or you know you like you leave a franchise or something like, oh like hey, like you played for the Steelers, you went to the Browns, you could never come back. And it's mm-hmm. like these PGA golfers are like really going to the max of like, look, like you left and you can never yeah. come back in. And I'm like, this is a job. <laughs> like we're all trying to get we're all trying to get money. We're trying to win as much as we can. I, I, I get what you're going to say with like the political aspect, but it's like, let's be real. Like PGA exactly got this, the squeakiest of cleanest images like either. But like this, just how these guys are going to bat for us. Like, hey, like you left us, like you betrayed us, like you can never come back. Like, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Like well, the job this ain't a gang. Well, but remember, though, they bash the PGA. And it's one of it. those things like, don't forget who made you at the end of the day. The PGA helped those guys before any of these other leagues came around. And I get that. Those get guys that. didn't appreciate it. Because I get, just because you get go that. get your bag, then zip it. Don't I get me. that. I get that. But it would be different if like the PG the heads of the PGA were saying that these are just these are guys that, that are golfers on the PGA tour. Like they don't own they don't own the PGA. So like you're an employee, like or you're a partner. Like relax. Like these guys went to get money, the same thing you're trying to do. And unless guys like like McElroy will be like, hey, look, I'm not going to take the money regardless if they merge or not. If he, if they don't come out and say that, then everything else is just it's just blowing smoke. But if you felt I did something wrong, right? That's you. To hurt, that's, that's different. That's different. No, I'm not, letting, I'm, the, no, I'm I'm not letting you slide with brand, anything. No, to hurt the brand of, of our show, you're going to have an issue with it. Even like even if we don't own How much the money show. Is involved? How much money is involved? I mean, does it matter though? So you're saying it's okay to do anything wrong? No, of course, or, of course, well, of see, course not. See, that's so exactly serious. the point. So, so let me ask you this then. I, I'm glad you kind of segue perfectly. Was the PGA outrage hypocritical? And do we owe the live golfers an apology? Personally, I think it was. I think it was hypocritical, and I think we do owe an apology. And it's not fair. As I, I I feel Rory McIlroy in this this regard. It's not fair to the members of the PGA because they essentially didn't make the decision. They kind of just got to go along with like, hey, this is what this is what management wants. New ownership. We got no choice. But you mean the players? Yeah, the players. Yeah, and but in the scheme of things, they do because you forget how they bash guys like the guys that went over first, Mickelson, just for the PGA to do the same thing later. Like I don't get that. And just think about all the guys that could have made money and, you know, they were talking about protecting their legacy. Look at a guy like Tiger Woods. Didn't they offer him like $800 million to go over to the yeah, Olympic tour? And they're like between seven and $900 million. Yeah, it was a crazy amount of money just for them to be like, hey, like he's not going because we're going to protect this PGA legacy. Well, guess what? Now that legacy don't really matter because he's going to be on, he's going to be golfing for live golf if he does any PGA events. Like it's historically comical. I do think they owe an apology, but it's not fair because the powers that be in the PGA put them in this position. All right. So two things I looked at was the PGA outrage hypocritical. I looked at it from the standpoint of the commissioner and the board of directors like that question. And it absolutely was hypocritical. The PGA and Jay Monahan, Monahan, who is the commissioner of the PGA, repeatedly mentioned how immoral and it was for the live golfers to overlook the moral implications of the history of the Saudi Arabia's human rights um, abuses for the golfers 
own monetary gain. Like he criticized them for taking that monetary gain over the morality of, of the human right abuses, right? And they suspended the golfers who left the PGA, which I, I thought rightly so they should have. But they also asked the PGA golfers to for their loyalty, right? So, which most of them gave by turning down guaranteed six, you know, nine, uh, nine figure dollar deals. Some like, historical paydays. Like, yeah, like you just mentioned. So they bat, I'm talking the PGA now, like the board, the executives, the commissioner, not the players here, but the PGA, right? Bashes the players that leave for being immoral. They ask their own players to be loyal, which they are. And now they turn around and merge with live golf. Like how much more of a hypocrite can you be? I, I don't know how you could be less. And, you know, and they're creating a for-profit entity. So, you know, they're doing the same thing the live golfers did, but they're hiding behind the facade that it is the best for the future of golf. We talked about it in the first question. Like, what does that mean? No one explained it, except that it lines their pockets more. That's can what we, it does. Can we can we call this what it is? This is basically, they knew, the, the powers that be in the PGA saw the writing on the wall. Like, once, 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 once Liv entered the space of poaching PGA members and they saw what kind of money they were offering, because let's, let's be real, it's not like the PGA didn't know, like, okay, this this group of people didn't have this available amount of money. Like, it's it's known. Like, you know who other rich people are. I think what they were trying to do was, let's hold off as long as we can. Let's use the loyalty, loyalty method. Like, hey, like, you don't want to be with them. Stay with us. Help us keep this brand strong. And then just basically cave to money and power. Like, like that is that is on the powers that be in the PGA. Like, I feel like, if anything... They should be the ones out here, you know, taking the brunt of, okay, you guys were kind of over the top before with the criticism. It should be them. And it's because they had to have known this was a possibility. Like, who has deeper pockets, them or us? If they have the deeper pockets, a takeover is always possible in any avenue. But that's what I'm saying. The PGA, meaning the executives yeah. and the commissioner, they should be taking so they should be they should take they it all, should, all the all they, the, all the they should be getting bashed just the way the live golfers should be getting bashed. And I'm glad you mentioned that because. Jay Monahan, again, the commissioner, he said that to the PGA players that stayed, you will never have to apologize for playing on the PGA. But guess what? Now what have you have done? You've merged with live. How do you do that as, as executives after saying that? And I disagree with you a little bit, JT, in that the writing was on the wall. I don't think if you play the long game here, you go through the courts. And I know, listen, the PIF has a, an endless well of money. But I think at the end of the day, it's not about them losing money. They would have had no power or control if you play the long game. Because listen to this. Liv had no TV deal. That is how you look at any sport that has failed. Any league that has failed. I agree. I agree with, I agree with that aspect. You don't have the major TV deal. The ratings were terrible. No one's watching these things. And I'll tell you the other thing. You know, right now you have guys like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson, all big name guys. They're old, JT. In three, four years. The young guys that are coming up that are fans, they're not going to care about those guys. Phil Mickelson, he's over the hill. He's done. Like kids growing up now, they don't, they're not going to watch Phil Mickelson. They want to watch Rory. They want to watch Jordan Spieth. They want to watch those young guys. So in four years, 
they're done. PGA has has built up another solid core of young golfers. And it's like those young golfers are like, look what happened over there. Those guys went into oblivion and no one even knows their names anymore. Dustin who? You know, Kepka who? The only reason why Kepka is important is because he still gets to play on the major uh, events. So to me, had they played the long game, they would have been fine. I think they panicked. And no way do we owe an apology to the live golfers because I'll tell you why. It's their greed that we're discussing this and everything came about. And it's not just greed, right? I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are greedy. Maybe a lot of everyone is greedy at some point with something, right? But not just were they greedy, but they were willing to take money from basically anyone. And let's be and let's be honest here. There's known links to 9-11 with Saudi Arabia. And we always say like, you know, we're not a political show. We're not. We're a sports show. But don't be fooled that sports and politics, unfortunately, they oh, do they go mess. hand in hand. Like, they go hand in hand. It. We've seen it since the beginning of time with any sport. You go back to, you know, World War II with the Olympics. Like, it's always there. So I don't want to hear that you shouldn't bring politics into sports. Yeah, no, but it naturally comes about. And yeah. so that's why I would never, if I'm the other PGA players, as media, as fans, no apology is needed to the live golfers because they took that money knowing where it comes from. Like, yeah. blatantly know. And, and, and the other thing I want to say is there's there's blood money everywhere, right? Oh, there, yeah. there, <laughs> there, there is. Like, we'd be naive. Most money is blood money. Yeah, Let's we'd be, be naive to say it's not. But when it comes down to, hey, this is not life or death. You don't need to go over there to protect something protect your family. No, you could have done the same thing through the PGA and not sold yourself out. And that I think is a big difference where some people are like, well, what about this? And what about that? I agree. There's blood money. There's hypocrites all the time, but this is different when you're talking sports, you know, this is not life or death. And you are making a cognitive decision to say, you know what? I'm taking that money just to play golf. Screw all my other morals and values. So to me, no apology is needed. Sorry. No apology. All right. What's the so, last question. So the, the last the last question on this topic is what should the PGA players now do if if anything? I mean, get to the money. What else can they do? Like this, this is your future. Their powers that be said, look, this is what, this is the situation we're gonna place you in. You play for them or you go find somewhere else. Like, you know, it's it's funny that if they were really so against this. Why aren't they rallying, you know, those guys that you said they're older or legends that have the money and go start your own tour? But they're not going to do that. They're going to play for whatever name is on the banner at the event, and they're going to collect these checks. I don't give a damn how uncomfortable McElroy looks answering these questions. The only thing they can do is just play and get the money. So I think there's three scenarios here. One, we would need more of a legal analysis because they're ten not they're essentially independent contractors. So I don't know if they could sue the PGA and live for like loss of income or, or I'm saying PGA for loss of income, right? Because they turned down other money with the threat that they could never play in the PGA again. The other thing is they could do what you said. Could they form a new league more so? Could they just pick it and strike? I mean, it wouldn't be a strike. It would just be, we're electing not to play in these tournaments anymore. We'll show up for the majors, but not these other smaller ones where that's really where you make your bread and butter for the PGA. Because if all of those guys, the Rory's, the John Rahm's, Tiger, if they're all like, we're not going to play with live golfers on any of these, you know, uh, events anymore, what's the PGA going to do? 
They can't just live off of 25 live players that half, you know, half of them, we don't even know their names. And you just can't go into a farm system and pull up some new players and it's going to be the same product, you know, that's being put out there. It's all name brand. Ricky Fowler hasn't won a major, but we all know his name. Tiger Woods hasn't hasn't won anything. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, and he's still, he's still a big draw. I get it. Like it's, it's very, it's very name driven. So they do have some power in that, but I think what it does come down to is, all right, you, you, you call, you call their bluff, but if you don't have, the financials to back it up and people that are willing to actually put sweat equity in this. Yeah. And it's just a bluff. Well, that's the thing. Can they get enough billionaires together no. or multimillionaires to say, Hey, you, no. you've got 125 of the best golfers in the world. Start no. our own league. No, because I don't know. That, you start the get, answer to that question listen, was yes. We wouldn't be here talking about this right now, but that's because they can't poach the Like Mark Cuban can't poach the PGA players, but they've naturally, moved away from the PGA if they've picketed, right? Mark Cuban doesn't need to buy them anymore. But anyway, the last thing is they may not have to do anything, JT, because I've been reading in some, there's some legal analysis here that remember. Oh, I knew this Liv, was coming. Go ahead. Let, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me tune out while he bores you guys to death with the legal analysis. I'll be back in, in, in 10 minutes. You're going to love this though. It won't even take 10 minutes. Live sued for alleged antitrust violations right basically a monopoly power so what is this now like a mega monopoly form i mean there's going to be i think possibly government scrutiny from like the doj and at the end of the day they may come in and stop this merger there's always that possibility i'm not saying they are but i think there is always that possibility if there's enough smoke here and the last thing is those live players, they better look at their contracts because there could be some fine print that says, hey, if we ever merge or we, you know, somehow create a new entity, you may not get paid all of your guaranteed money. I'm just saying, because I don't know where you sign or what court is going to is going to um, hold in terms of who oversees that contract. So you better hope it's in the United States. Just saying. Sorry, I had so, to I had to get all my tens, my two cents in there because it, it bothered me when they announced that merger. No, I I, I get it. I, I get the outrage. But for those that are watching, I don't want to ever hear any criticism that we don't cover all sports. This man has talked about golf for damn near half an hour. Anything else you want to throw in on this topic before we go on to the next one? I'm 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 good. We're I'm good. I got my two cents in. This I, man, I this man, this the man doing therapy at the same time as the show. But all right, so let's. Let's talk about my heat. So let's get into some basketball since we're in the middle of the NBA finals. Um, after Wednesday's game, <laughs> the Nuggets have a 2-1 lead as of game four is set for Friday night, still in Miami. So since we're about halfway through the finals, let's take a quick review and look at some things. Now, I want to start with this. So far in the finals, what's been the biggest surprise to you? I think it's that the Heat won game two at Denver. Denver was undefeated in the playoffs until then at home. That was their first loss at home, JT, since March 30th. Like, I did not expect that. Props to your heat. They showed up in game two. They did a great job. They battled back. And on top of that, how about this other stat? Denver was 11-0 in the playoffs when they had a double-digit lead. And the heat said, we don't care. We got heat culture. We got Jimmy Butler. We got Jimmy Buckets. Whatever whatever nickname he's got, we're going to win. That's that's my that's my biggest surprise. I mean, I, I wanted to say that, but I'll I'll do you one better. It's the I think the biggest surprise was 
how terrible we played in game one and how it feels like it was a moral victory for us. I mean, all our three-point shooters couldn't hit a lick. I mean, I think Strews, uh, Vincent, and uh, Caleb Martin were like like over something. And it was it was horrible. And they just came off that grueling seven-game series in Boston while the Joker and Denver got to sit at home on their couches for a week just resting up, getting ready. And we came in there and had one of the worst shooting performances I've ever seen. And it still feels like we almost could have won game one just for us to come back and win game two. Now, I'm not shocked about us stealing a game on the road, so to say, because we've really done that the entire playoffs every round. But I just think for how bad we played in game one, I was so surprised at how we I never felt like we were out of that game. But your answer is basically what I'm surprised is that we stole on the road and we haven't really put our best foot forward. But flip it to the other side. What's the biggest disappointment, whether it's, you know, an event or a player? It's it's my dude for the Heat who I picked up multiple times in fantasy basketball. I think it's Caleb Martin. I mean, you 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 know, I thought he was the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, right? Now turn it around. Because I, I swore I swore I said that. Did you say no? We we did we agree on that? I said it should have been Caleb Martin. I said it should have been him too. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. We must we must so, have disagreed with Coach. So Coach, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to bring it up when we disagree with coach what are you doing you're not hey, look, man, i'm just up. telling the truth because then we uh, anyway so caleb martin i mean he turns around has that great series and then three games later one game later where is he so the first three games jt this is his stat line three points four boards zero assists game one one of three shooting game two three points five rebounds one assist one of seven shooting game three which they get blown out 10 points, three boards, three assists, like four of nine shooting, I think. Like, to me, that's the biggest disappointment because I thought if he could play the way he did against Boston, like, this is – you might be right. It could go seven games. But if he's not playing well, there's only so much Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, and Kevin Love can provide offensively. Ain't going to last long. Yeah, I, I agree with you. How could it? How could the biggest disappointment not be Caleb Barton? I mean, I wanted so bad to pick Michael Porter Jr. because we picked him pre-finals as the X factor, but it hasn't mattered because our X factor hasn't done every, anything. You just mentioned all the stats. He's basically averaging five points a game in the first three games, and this is a guy that we were all on board with as MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals, and for him to not even not even get double digit points like average that like you can't ignore like the drop off in his play and I think that's the biggest difference why we keep finding ourselves in these deficits because he's nowhere to be found sometimes I forget he's in the game until he fouls somebody so I don't know what's going on maybe Denver's defense and length is giving him issues but I mean Boston is a big physical team too when you torch them most times you torch them on the road in the garden and you can't do the same thing continue playing that way with Denver I just can't see it because Denver's defense is not as good as Boston's. So it's definitely Caleb Martin is the biggest disappointment because he is invisible. I feel like he's not even playing. Yeah, I I, I admit, same thing. First two games, I'm like, where where is he? Is he playing? Is he injured? Yeah. I, I will say, though, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't been totally disappointing. He had a good game three. That's why I didn't pick him because he, he had a good Caleb game one. As, yeah, he had a good game one as well. So. You know, I know you're going to dog Michael Porter Jr. for his defense. but No, I, I'm, I'm not even dogging him at all. I'm like, look, I'm not going to say anything negative about you other than I can't pick you as the biggest disappointment. And, and before I go on to the next question, I'll add this. The more disappointing thing with Caleb Martin is Bam's actually playing very well again. 
So imagine if yeah. Caleb Martin was doing this thing, Jimmy Butler's like he's getting back, and now Bam is dominating. We could this could have been a five game series potentially if Caleb Caleb Martin was playing the way he's supposed to. But I don't know, maybe 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 uh maybe Michael Jordan was right, man. Let him go. Now Bam Bam is playing like that guy that I always drafted in fantasy and named my team after in fantasy. Yeah, he's even hitting free throws, which makes it even better. <laughs> now let's let's fast forward. Obviously, somebody's going to win this series. So give me one thing each team needs to do in order to finish out this series. Man, I think Denver just keeps needs to just keep working that two-man game with Jokic and Murray. I, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to stop. It, it really is. Like, I, I don't care how good you are defensively. When you got two players like that, you got one in Jokic, basically generational type player, then Jamal Murray, who, let's face it, he is a star. Even with that injury, he's come back now. Uh, keep working that. And if you're Miami – like Coach Hodge Turner said last week on our show, need to force turnovers. He wanted to see the turnover battle. And for the Heat, they need to force turnovers. When they force the turnovers against Denver, they're in good, they're in good shape. Miami has a chance to win. Wow, I agree. I, just, I mean, Whoa, Denver. That's three in a row. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's got to it's gotta be the two-man because that's how they've been killing people all playoffs. Like the two-man pick and roll with Jokic and Murray. Like, they got to keep doing that. That is – and they have to keep doing that because I think when they when they play that game and it's working as effectively as, as it's looked, you forget that they don't have a bench to go to. So if if they're not doing the two-man successfully, then you have to rely more on the bench players of Denver, which we know their rotation is not that deep. So yeah. for sure, it's, it's them two playing that two-man game and dominating is the key. For us, it's we got to make some damn shots. I mean, you got all these guys out there that can shoot and – we can't hit the side of a barn, you know, for most quarters in this game in this series. So we got to fix game that. Two, you couldn't miss. Exactly. Yeah, game two, we couldn't miss. But games one and three, same old stuff. And it's like, if those guys can't hit shots, get them out of there. Get Highsmith in there. Like, I don't know what Coach Poe has to do, but get the guys on the court that are going to hit the shots because that's been the Heat's main thing. We, we shoot the lights out of the ball. No lead is safe. If we're up by 20, we can shoot our way back in a couple minutes. But we can't do that if the shots don't go in. So they need to start hitting them shots. And if you don't know who the shot makers are, find out who's hot and put that guy in. That's what I would do. Or just give it to Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but that's that's not even <laughs> giving the ball to Jimmy Butler wasn't wasn't isn't now what it was when we were playing against the Knicks. Like I don't I don't know. Boston broke him like they were Drago. I don't know what's going on with him. Wow, wow, really, Drago. Really? Tell me, I'm, tell me, I'm lying. Tell me, I'm lying. Uh, I don't know. I won't go that far. But let's stick with the NBA. All right, and let's look to the off season here. There is a potential uh, this NBA off season that a few superstars could be on the move. JT. So I'll provide you a name. And you say quickly, keyword quickly, where they should go. Think you can do it? Let, let's see, fans. Let, let's see at home. Yeah, I think, I think you're on. the problem child right. on this. All right. First guy up, good old James Harden. Ooh, it's easy. It's Houston. They want it. He wants it. Bring him back home. Strippers everywhere will rejoice. Oh, come on. Don't get mad. Don't get really? mad because you never been. It's okay. You, you got to go there. You got to go there. Listen. It's Philly. It's Philly. James Harden, here's a message directly to you. You keep running in the NBA, wherever you've been, Oklahoma City to Houston. Oh, doesn't like it in Houston. Oh, let's go to Brooklyn. Oh, now nah, I don't like it in Brooklyn. Let's go to Philly. Oh, Philly, I can't win there. Let, let me hop out of here too. Quit it. Quit it. 
Philly gives you your best shot to, to possibly win a title, right? While you can also be a major part of that team and probably make the most money next season in Philly than any other place. So title, most effective, and money. And I was, what and else I was as an NBA player quick. do you want? What? What? And I was the one that wasn't quick. I just gave you three quick reasons. You gave who's, no analysis. Who's the next you gave player? no analysis. I'm going to sit my water. Who's the next player on this list? CP3. Ooh. I know where he wants to go. I know it's Phoenix, but I was split between two. No, he's at Phoenix. No, I'm saying he. I know he wants to go. I know he wants to stay in Phoenix. Oh, he got you. If, if the Grizzlies are serious about keeping John Morant long term, this is a guy I would bring in. But if CP3 wants to win a championship, he should go to Boston. I think he would fit in well. They need somebody like him to teach them how to play when things get tough in big moments in the playoffs. And they need a real point guard that can be a point guard and also be a semblance of reliable offense. So I think it's between those two teams of where he should end up. Nah, it's the Lakers. It's the Lakers. Like, he finally can get there after David Stern, rest in peace. After they get ruined. After after David Stern, rest in peace, you know, uh, put an axe, put a stop to the trade from when he was in New Orleans to the Lakers. He gets to play with his close friend, LeBron James. Oh, they're close friends now? Yeah. Don't you remember? It'd be a banana boat team reunion. I heard they're going to bring Carmelo back, too. It's going to be a banana boat reunion. I'd take Carmelo on that team before I take Kyrie. (laughs) Listen. I, don't you remember that picture? It was it was D Wade, LeBron, and Chris Paul. Melo did not get on the banana boat. But listen, on t- beside that, you talk about they need a point guard, Boston, right? So did the Lakers, right? When Westbrook left, they got better. And listen, the Clippers did too. It was a good move for everyone. Lakers got better when they moved on from Westbrook. This is exactly what they need. Another guy that can get the team into the offense without his name being LeBron James. LeBron can play off the ball, which is what he wants to do now. He can cut back cuts. CP3 is going to run the show. AD is going to play better than he's ever played. So CP3, go to the Lakers, live in L.A., enjoy life. You get to play with the maybe the best player to ever play in LeBron James. Next guy up, Damian Lillard. Whoa. All right, the it, Miami Heat. Him and him and Jimmy Butler would be unstoppable in the playoffs. Like it's, it won't even be fair. Th- those two, along with Spo, NBA championship guaranteed. Wow, guaranteed, guaranteed. I didn't stutter, bro. Wow, I- I'll tell you where he should go. He should finally look out for himself and worry about himself, and potentially maybe win a title depending on who else he can bring the new york knicks get to the east coast such a good thing get to i'll tell you why east coast east coast madison avenue he finally can make all those endorsement dollars that he couldn't make in portland he finally gets his name out there all right and the other thing is they're you're never one player away right but but They've got a decent team there, and he is definitely going to help them, and he should finally worry about himself. Like, he could be a star. Can you imagine, even if he just gets them to the NBA Finals, to an Eastern Conference Finals, he will be a New York Nick legend forever, JT. He don't and even nobody cares. Like, yes. 
You don't live in New York. You don't live on the East Coast. Nobody cares about being a Knicks legend except for Knicks fans. Nobody cares. That's why nobody goes there. Nobody cares. But once you do that, you're Joe Namath. You're you're Willis Reed. All that other stuff doesn't matter. Carmelo Carmelo was the best player in Knicks history probably for 15 years. He didn't take him anywhere. He didn't. And take, nobody cares. He We're having a debate him. of whether he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He didn't take him anywhere. Damian Lillard can get the Knicks to where they got to go. Right. He can get them there. Come to Miami, next the next up, next up, your guy, Kyrie Irving. Ooh, this is tough because I really don't want him to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, it's probably never going to happen, but he, I think he should want to go to Phoenix. If CP3 is not there, I think him, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, that just sounds so dangerous. And I feel like they don't really, they wouldn't step on each other's toes, like from a play style standpoint. But I think they can do a lot with the team with those three on it. That If I were him, that would be where I'm trying to go if I'm trying to have a window of a few years to win. Whether if he goes to the Lakers, it's basically as long as LeBron can be there. And, and we don't know how long he'll hold up and if he'll even be in LA long term. All right, it's L.A., and, and I'll tell you why. So they're going to get Kyrie and CP3? <laughs> they're going to run the wing tee? <laughs> the, the, way, the way I looked at this was – it's not football. The way I looked at this was if I was those guys, where am I, it is. If, if I was those guys, where am I going? Kyrie, go to the Lakers. Only LeBron James has been able to help you win a title. And at this point, you need to win one again. You need to win another title again. Like, I'm sorry, you've gone to Boston – you, you messed it up there. You, you go to Brooklyn, disaster. You go to Dallas, even a bigger disaster. Like, you need to right the ship, and LeBron James is that guy for you. Right? Like, LeBron James is that guy for you. Yeah, I mean, I trust him more than Kevin Durant, but I just feel like, hey, look, this this is Kyrie's last chance to get on a team with loaded players. I want, I want, I want my one shot to count, and I think I can last longer in Phoenix than I do in L.A. Because if it doesn't work, they're gonna be looking to ship him out. But you already tried the whole KD thing. Like yeah, but no was, one, everybody's be... telling me it was James Harden. It was the issue, not Kyrie. <laughs> it's James Harden. James Harden was out of shape. He was wearing fat suits. He's getting cooked in practice. Like he was past his prime. It seemed like KD and Kyrie, they still were on elite level. It was like James Harden was the one that don't fit no more. So I'm willing to give it one more chance with those two guys. I still think they talk. I still think they friend. Wow. All right. One more. And I, why is this guy on the list? Is he on the move? This is this is definitely. Uh, I, I read they somewhere where they where they they don't insiders saying he will not be back. All right, Anthony Davis. This is easy. Oh my! Hey, uh, what are we gonna hey, run the wing uh, tee in, in uh, South Beach? Look, no, no, seriously. AD for all, all the all the jokes we say about AD, he should seriously want to get to a team like Miami because the only other option would be I would choose the Spurs, but they're rebuilding. Like he needs to go to an organization like that where everything's buttoned up from the top down. And I think obviously health is the biggest biggest factor, but I feel like this is the team where you can you can absorb those kind of risks, and he'll end up coming here and and reinventing himself and be a star again. Because let's admit it. Was he not the best defensive player in the playoffs? Yes, I think he was. Now imagine if you get that on a team that's coached by Spo, you got Jimmy Butler, and you got Damian Lillard. Man, AD's going to eat, man. I think that low-key we should build a big three, 
and AD should be the third piece. So I, I think he should come to Miami. That's what I would do. So you're saying you are going to bring in you, Damian Little and AD. It ain't, it ain't that big of a list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, so I, I don't know how you're going to do that on the cap, but all, all right. I mean, no, I don't worry. So. Don't, Mickey will figure it out. I, I guess you mean Pat Riley. Um, listen, LA, you stay with the Lakers. Like you stay with the Lakers. Like what? Like, all right, Miami. Like, nah, we're, you're not going there. You're not going to Phoenix. You're not going to any of those teams. Plus his contract, he's still there at least one more year. But this is the most important thing. Kyrie's going to go. So you got Kyrie or CP3, and you still got LeBron. And, like, that is why you went there initially, because of LeBron. So you got to stick it out. That you, you are the guys. You are the guys. And the other thing is, JT, when we talk L.A. Lakers, it's the bigs. Wilt, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We know who the bigs are. Shaq. We, we know who the Lakers are. AD, AD, you're next in line. They no, love That is the city built on the bigs, right? Built on the bigs. You got to stay there. You got to ride that out, get another title. And you'll be a legend too. Just like You'll see your number one day in the rafters up there if you can get one more with LeBron and you, you play out your career there at a high level, granted injuries, but stay with the Lakers. I don't know. I don't know what to say. So, so stay, stay with basketball. I want to – I think I know what one of your answers is going to be on this question, and I hope it is because maybe we might have the same answer. But, you know, the NBA is always hinting and teasing about uh, expanding, you know, into new cities. And I think Adam Silver's recent comment shows they're serious. I think it's at least going to be two teams. But I don't care what Adam Silver wants. I want to know if it were up to us and we what got the Don wants. Yeah, we got to pick two cities that we're going to get new NBA franchises. Which two cities do you want to see have a new NBA team? Oh, this is easy. Make me the commissioner for a day. First one, Seattle. We got to get it back to Seattle. All right. The Sonics should have never have left to begin with. All right. They would have received a new arena eventually. That's why they left. And you look at what they did in 2018, meaning the city of Seattle, the arena renovated in 2018. $1.15 billion, JT. So you now have Seattle, which has history of a team there, right? They were NBA champs at one point in the late 70s. They've got that new renovated arena, put $1.15 billion into it. And this is the main factor if they're worried about attendance. The Seattle Storm in 2022 averaged attendance wise they were first in the WNBA a little over 10,000 they are like they want basketball there WNBA and NBA they can support both and you look at Seattle as a whole as sports fans it's amazing the Seahawks sellouts now right they sell out they sell out is what I mean right they sell out games oh, like damn what, what did the Seahawks do to no, you no, no, no. They, they sell out their games like, like right? Seahawks they, Damn sellouts. <laughs> no, no. They 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 sell out their games. You look at the have, Mariners. First of all, have, you, have, you ever been, have you ever been to Seattle before? Because I feel like I don't I don't know if you say they should get a new team or you're doing like a tourism ad for them. Like, damn, like yeah. you gonna you gonna, you gonna give us all the population you, stats. And you look at the Seattle Sounders, that's the prime example of when you ha- when you have a good fan base like you do in Seattle, any sport could 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 survive. So Seattle's got to get one and then the other one. It's obvious. It's Pittsburgh. 
you got to get that fourth major team in Pittsburgh. You have to. Black and yellow jerseys, right? They Pittsburghers, like me, we love our sports. You think about back to before Mario Lemieux was drafted by the Penguins. We weren't a hockey town. Now everyone sees us as that football town and a hockey town. But before, it was baseball. Then, then the 70s came along with the Steelers, and then Lemieux came. And once he came, here's that flair. Now we started to win in the early 90s. Now all of a sudden, it's sold out every night. You can't get a ticket for cheaper than 150 up in the nosebleeds. And we've made, up until this year, like 17 straight playoffs. I mean, you can't, they, even, you can't get a ticket to anything in Pittsburgh without <laughs> like an inheritance. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. There's a 20 year waiting list of season. Hold on, tickets. say that again. How long is the wait for the Steelers season tickets? 20 years, and it's been like that since I so can Don, remember. So Don, so Don has been on this earth <laughs> 20 years at least three times, and he still has not gotten the the Steelers birthright season wow. tickets. Wow, wow, wow! It listen it only takes one player to change a franchise. We saw with Mario Lemieux. We saw with LeBron James in Cleveland. And then you've got that triangle: Cleveland, Philly, Pittsburgh. Natural rivals, right there for the NBA. Let's let's get it done. Let's get it done. They already have a brand new arena where the Penguins play. PPG Paints. Let's go. You were scaring me there for a second. I was like, "There's a layup." You have to say you have to say Pittsburgh. I agree with you. It's Pittsburgh just because I think they're. I hate to admit it, but they're one of the best sports fans across the board for all sports in the country. Like See, they are, I knew like, they, you liked this. They care I knew about you liked this. Whatever. I mean, they, cause they ain't got nothing else to do there, but they still mm. are great sports fans. Now the real question is you give me all this shit about, Oh, you know, you're not a real fan if you wear gear from other teams. So if Pittsburgh, let's say by the grace of God, they get an NBA franchise. Are you going to, burn all your magic shit because i don't i don't i don't i don't want you rooting for the magic and be like oh it's grandfathered in you either a pittsburgh nba <laughs> team or you a magic fan which one are you going with oh man i'm donating all of my orlando gear i'm you a I'll liar do, i'll donate yeah, you, that you, you, and i'll buy all the pittsburgh gear the magic. I, i'm buying all the pittsburgh gear bring it on We've never had a team. I had to root for another team. That's why I became an Orlando fan. If Pittsburgh had a basketball team from when I when I could remember watching sports, I would have never have been an Orlando fan. I wouldn't have had my heart broken, and then I wouldn't have we wouldn't have missed the playoffs <laughs> ten straight years after Dwight Howard leaves. It feels like. All right, so Pittsburgh at yes, eighteen SKG. Our guy Scott, thanks for watching as always and commenting. Yeah, it's a hockey town. Come on, we got five rings. Three in the last decade. All right. So real so real quick, obviously Pittsburgh, we think should get one. And the obvious one is Vegas. Vegas. Like, why would you not want an NBA team in Vegas? Like everything about that would be beautiful. Every team that goes to Vegas is just sexy. They get a brand new stadium or arena. The teams just feel rejuvenated. Now people want to go and watch. Like, I want to go watch the Raiders. They are a train wreck, but it's because they play in Vegas and they got a brand new stadium. I want a team in Vegas. So it's Vegas and Pittsburgh. That's the easiest answers. You lucky. You lucky I chose Pittsburgh because I didn't want you to, to blow up and lose your shit on this show because I know how sensitive you are about your hometown. It's two opposite cities, huh? You couldn't get two more extremes. That That's good, though. That's what the NBA needs. And you, you'll get in trouble in Vegas, bro. I don't know if you want to go watch I mean, the Raiders. Yeah, like NBA. I haven't been to Vegas before, <laughs> especially as an adult. Was I not just there? I'll be just fine. It's you I, that I worry about. Because, see, you'll be in there placing sports bets, 
And I'll be I think, like a rookie. I think like because a rookie. you haven't actually sat down and you look at all the big screens and you'd be like, I can't, I can't pull myself to to get out of here and not spend all my money. You you'll be surprised the things you could bet on in Vegas. You could bet on anything, and I don't think that you would survive. All right, I'd be like a rookie, huh? Exactly. All right, all right. So we have a very special guest uh, on our show this evening, and let's welcome in a good friend of the show and former defender in the Bundesliga, MLS, and with the U.S. men's national soccer team. So, JT, we're going to talk a little soccer. Is that is that all right? Is that all right? Hey, look, you? man, I'm not in charge of this show. You are. Like, no, you make the name, rules. So whatever name's you put on, on the paper, first. we got to talk about. Your name's on it first. So your name's on the show you just first. just doing that so, so they don't sue your ass. I, I, know they, I know you got this okay. They went through you to okay. So, and also with U.S. Men's National Soccer Team, as I said, Fort Lauderdale's own and very special guest, Corey Gibbs. Let's welcome him on to the show. Corey Thank you for making time to come on, man. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? Appreciate you I'm coming good. on. With us. Jimmy Dadan. How we doing? <laughs> you doing good, man. I feel bad now. He got he got all this memorabilia behind him that actually is worth money. I don't even want to show you what's on my wall. It's not it's not as valuable as what he got behind him. <laughs> y'all aren't used to talking about soccer, so I appreciate y'all having me on, man. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean listen one of the biggest days if not the biggest day maybe in mls history um so we we got to talk soccer even though you know jt yeah. never wants to talk about talk about my first my first sport as a little kid even though you know oh talk about, whoa, 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 talk about, talk about you played soccer of course i'm italian oh, you, 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 I'm you, italian. you've never said this before i'm and italian you know, what? You know what? What don't position? don't act, don't act like those players when they get play? interviewed by malika I, I like, was a little, you, you play soccer now Corey, I was a little bit more fleet of foot back in the day when I was like eight or nine years old. So I was, you know, I was the striker up top. Up, of up course, top. Every, every, everybody that used to play when they were kids were strikers, right? <laughs> Listen, That's where I started off at. And then when I became pro, I ended up all the way in the back as a defender. So. <laughs> you know, when you got an Italian name like mine, they just they just presume you can play. So they're just like, oh, go to the front. But I'm like, all right. Um, but, but no, Corey, thank you for coming on. We're obviously going to talk about Lionel Messi right on Wednesday. Soccer great for everyone out there that hasn't heard Lionel Messi at the age of 35. He announced that he will be moving to Inter Miami of the MLS after leaving PSG, uh, this summer. So Corey off the bat, first question, why do you think Messi made this move instead of returning to Barcelona or playing for the Saudi Arabian club, uh, Al-Hilal? Well, I mean, for me, it's quite simple. Like you got to remember when Messi left Barcelona, you know, there were some massive issues and he was obviously the face of the club, if not face of the world at the time. And having those issues with the club itself, he felt some type of way and he had to leave. That's why he went to PSG, right? Having all the options in the world. So going back was going to be really hard for him, you know, even though that's like home for him. You got to remember something. The the financials aren't there in every club in Europe, right? There's only certain territories that can pay you, like MLS, with the partnerships that they've had with marketing deals, like Saudi Arabia. But Miami's home for home, home away from home for him, right? This is where he's most comfortable. He has his spot here. He has his family that loves it. So you got to look beyond. You know, you put yourself in his perspective. Where's his family going to be safe? Where they're going to be comfortable? Where they're going to enjoy life, right? Outside of just on the pitch. And this is his spot. So it, it made complete sense. You know, 
I heard this thing brewing for literally about two plus years. And now for it to come to fruition, it's like, damn, it really happened, you know? And for it to happen in my backyard, it's, it couldn't be greater. So, I mean, it makes complete sense. Saudi Arabia, yeah, there's money, but how much money can one man have, right? And at the end of the day, with all these marketing revenue things coming in for him, he's going to make probably, if not just as much, probably more money being here. Okay. So he's here. And that's the most important thing. And he's in our city, Miami. We love it. But how was wait, 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 wait. when you say, hold on. sorry, Corey, I got to stop him. I got to stop him. Hold on. Miami if you don't live here. Man, thank you. Thank you. Corey, you could come. But back I know, I know this is going for you. Trust me. I know it's all. I'm, I'm well, holding I, on the floor for you here. Don't worry about it. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate it because he's giving me hell every day because he can't come back and live in Miami. He's not from there, so we had kind of adopted him. So now yeah. he thinks he runs the place. You see what happens when you, when you let somebody, you, get, you give him an inch, they take a mile. <laughs> but, he, but he's here. He's here. Everybody's excited. How do you think this will impact soccer in the United States and not just on the MLS level? Like, how do you think this will just impact U.S. soccer in general? Listen, this move is bigger than when Beckham came here. This is the biggest move in sports history, right? When we speak about the greats of games like LeBron, when we speak about Ronaldo, when we speak about men, this is the biggest move in sports history for multiple reasons. You know what I'm saying? It's not Messi coming to Miami. It's the whole world coming to Miami. Right. And that's the reality of it. Like you got his supporters, you got his fans, his 600 million followers into Miami. The club itself went from 900,000 some odd followers to now 5 million today. Right. So it's going to be impactful for multiple reasons. You got the World Cup coming here in 26. Um, you know, you got people who don't even follow soccer wanting to just see Messi on the pitch. So it's going to be massive in multiple ways. When Beckham came to MLS, you have to remember something. MLS wasn't as big as it is today. Right. Franchises back then were 30, 40 million to have a franchise. The last franchise that opened up, I think it was around 800 million, right? So Beckham, um, Messi coming here now into Miami is probably worth over a billion. And you got supporters from all over the world coming here. Literally, my contractor hit me today, Poppy, Poppy, do anything for free. Just tell me one ticket if you have a ticket or two. And the movement that he's going to cause is going to be on another, another stratosphere. Beckham was big. Chicharito was good Ibrahimovic coming was great but you got the likes of Messi coming right now this is the most impactful thing sports has ever seen ever that's a lofty goal to live up to so let's so let's stick with that same process because it seemed like the guys that are coming over from ML till MLS is the names are getting bigger and bigger do you envision other superstars while somewhat still in their primes joining MLS while Messi is still playing or 100%. do you see this as a one-off no 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 100% you know the, 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 the pro players and the people of high status, I noticed firsthand, they had that stigma like, oh, if I come to MLS, my career is done, right? Now they see Messi doing it. They've seen like the likes of the other players that I said that they've done it, Thierry Henry, when he went to New York Red Bull. Now it seems like it's the thing to do and it's okay, right? Bernadeschi going to Toronto, these type of players, it's going to cause a movement. And you got to remember something, Messi ain't coming over here by himself to play. He's going to need teammates around him, surrounding him, right? So he's going to be you know, there's already talks about uh, Luis Suarez coming, Busquets coming. These are all his friends that have massive status that used to play for Barcelona, that play at world stages. And it's going to seem like it's going to be OK for these top, top players to now come over here and not only make a lot of money, but also there's going to be a movement behind them then being up the sport. So, you know, you're going to see it be a, a trend, I believe, in the next two, three plus years 
where these top stars are going to come over here because it's just going to be a following behind them as well, right? So, you know, it's a it's a big thing. It's going to be great to see. Looking forward to it. And obviously the man's going to sell out every crowd and it's just going to be crazy, man. It's going to be absolutely crazy. Yeah, you well, heard what well, he said, right? He said he said Messi needs teammates. You, you gonna try out? You I'm a little past my prime at this point. You know, a little past my prime about 30 years. So I, I think I think I'm good. But I, I totally agree, Corey. And and you've got JT's head spinning with all those great names, great players that you just that you just said. You know, JT. I don't know if he's heard some of those, but. Um, yeah, I, I just have no idea who he's. I have no idea who he's talking. About. <laughs> so you, you, you always do this. This, this why we, this why we can't have people on because I just can't control you. What you gonna say, man? You I see what I gotta deal with, Corey. You see what I, I gotta deal with. I have deal with this on, a, on a daily basis, huh? Oh, this, this is life. This is life. Yeah. I can't, I can't escape it on the show. I can't escape it in text. If I don't answer my phone, he gonna hit up my <laughs> Facebook. He gonna find some way to reach me and annoy the best out of me. I don't know how to use Facebook, so th that's a lie. What you just said, I'll hit you up on Facebook. And, and, and another thing is, people always say to me, "How can you compare it to the Beckham thing?" You got to remember something. When Beckham came over to MLS, it was a huge thing. Let's not get it twisted, right? He came to Galaxy, was big, but Beckham wasn't on the prime of his career, right? right. Messi just came off a win in the flipping World Cup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Beckham wasn't really liked on the football pitch when he came over. He wasn't playing. He wasn't happy. He came over and he lived life. He made a ton of money and he, he constructed a, a, a great deal. But Messi's coming now into MLS after coming off a win in the World Cup and a very smart person. You know, you got to remember this. This just wasn't orchestrated off of, oh, he's coming over here and making salary from the league. This dude's making salary off of jersey sales. You know, Apple TV. This is not something that just happened out the blue where now they're reconstructing their deal with MLS. Apple TV is not stupid. They could have they invested in any sport, NFL, you know, Major League Baseball, whatever have you and nba they decided they knew this was going to happen right now apple's a worldwide product you know what i'm saying so now to have a subscription for the mls package you need apple tv worldwide so they're only going to sell their product and the streaming is going to be absolutely ridiculous so the revenue that apple's bringing in mls is bringing in from all of this is just astronomical hence the reason they're able to pay them too right and corey i, I was going to say i heard that um based on reports that he's going to get a certain percentage of that increase in yeah. subscriptions to the MS MLS season package because they know it's directly because of him. So that's where it comes back to what you said earlier in the show. That's how he'll get truly compensated to meet what, you know, the European clubs or the Saudi Arabian club could have, could have paid him. And you brought up a good point. And I want to, I want to ask you this question that he, he had said also one of the reasons why he, he, came over or that he's going to come to inner Miami is because he wants to be able to play with fewer demands yeah. on, on him. Is there any concern there when Messi says that, says that because to me, the way I look at it is, yeah, maybe he won't be in the spotlight in terms of pressure to win like a champions league or something or the world cup anymore, but to say fewer demands, I feel like that's tough because he may be demanded to do more off the pitch than he's had to do because we look at it as, hey, you've got to help kind of grow that U.S. soccer and lead up to 2026 yeah. World Cup. Yeah, I don't really, you know, when 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 Messi's making these type of statements, I don't think, you know, his marketing demands and deliverables are going to be through the roof, right? Um, I don't think it's more so that. I just think more so the pressures of on the pitch. I don't think his stint in PSG was the best. You know, his expectations and demands were so high. And, you know, 
some will say he didn't live up to that or some will say you know others took the spotlight like Mbappe or whoever have you but being over here now he can play freely and the one thing with Messi what I know you know I've watched many documentaries I've talked to a lot of friends that know him he puts the the, the man's on himself he's going to want to win championships like I said he's not coming over here with teammates that he doesn't know he's bringing people with him they're going to have to bring a team that's going to be able to support him so the demands off the pitch the man already does deliverables and, and has his marketing deals that are that are crazy um the biggest one of them is adidas so and if and if y'all know adidas is the main sponsor for our league so this is a deal that was orchestrated with apple tv and adidas making going to be the biggest platform for the 2026 world cup coming up you know what i'm saying yep. so he's going to be the face of adidas obviously he already is but now being in the u.s market you know every kid that you see walking around kicking a soccer ball is going to be wearing adidas cleats or wearing a messy jersey which is sponsored by adidas so the revenue stream is going to be absolutely ridiculous for these type of companies too and not only for messi alone you know world cup is going to be in the states in 26. the marketing deals that's going to now filter over for our u.s players astronomical you know what i mean yeah so he's he's he's, he's created a revenue stream you know, obviously not only for himself, but also for the MLS market. That's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Bro. Yeah. yeah, truly great for the game of soccer and in, in particular U.S. soccer, as as you said. And, and just to go to show you, too, they said that. It, so I'm in I'm in D.C., Corey, if, if you didn't know that already, yeah. I'm, I'm in D.C. And they're looking at like early July Inter Miami is in D.C. at Audi Field. And just yesterday. The reports are that D.C. United increased ticket sales by 3,000 tickets already. And there's a good chance he doesn't even play in that in that game um, when Inter visits D.C. United because all of the contracts and, the you know, everything that needs to be in place. But the cheapest ticket right now, D.C. United versus uh, Real Salt Lake, is $29 at Audi Field. For that Inter-Miami game, the cheapest ticket now since the announcement – a hundred eighty-six dollars. Yeah. So yeah. Go, goes to show you right there. Oh, that's nothing to a boss like you. You could buy a whole box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Don, Don will be there with a skybox. That's nothing. That, that's that's chump change to him. Sky Don't box, believe him. Skyboxes are probably going for twenty Gs, thirty Gs. Yeah. Don't listen. Might be disappointed though, because you got to think about you know from a scheduling perspective and people who know the game like myself. You know he's he's with the national team. You got to remember that, right? So they have some games in China. Then he has to come over here and train with the team at Inter Miami. And then at some point he needs a break. The man's played so many matches recently. You can't force him into a situation. So if I was a betting man, I'd probably say he's not going to play that DC game. I hope people don't try and get their refunds right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to take him some time to build into it. He's got to take some type of holiday. He's going to be with the national team during the summer. I find it very difficult for him to jump into that game. You know, a lot of people are expecting him to play an all-star game. I I, I don't see it. You know, yeah. I personally don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And, you know, we're appreciative of your, of your time. So we, we got one last question for you. Oh, yeah. And we, and we kind of feel like based on what you said earlier, I kind of feel like you may be hinting one way on this, but is his arrival to play soccer in the U S a bigger deal than when Pele joined the New York Cosmos in, in 1975? Ooh, you gave me a tough question because Pele is my, my, my favorite player of all time. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, for a number of reasons because, I mean, it's real simple. Football or soccer, right? Soccer right now 
has grown astronomically in our country, right? And the following that's behind this man, Messi, is you couldn't fathom it, right? And when Pele came here, it was a big thing, best player in the world, probably the greatest player ever. But soccer wasn't, you know, a sport that people really followed or watched, right? Now you have six, seven-year-olds walking around wearing Messi jerseys. It's crazy. His following is astronomical. People, like I said before, like I said to you earlier, people around the world are going to be flying in just to watch this man play, you know? One of my boys the other day was like, yo, he's selling his house in New York just to live in Miami to see Messi on a consistent basis. That's crazy to me, you know? But, wow. you know, for people, it's their lifestyle, you know? So is it bigger on a scope of, you know, how we're living and where the sport has grown today? For sure. I think it's the, like I said earlier, it's the biggest thing in sport that's ever happened around the world. Any player, any move, any transfer, ever. Hands down, you know? JT, that's that's the statement we got to get on on IG. That's that's the one right there. That's that's the money statement there. And and and, and, yeah, I, and I can't I can't sell my house just to go watch Messi. So that means I need, I need yeah, to work harder and do more things in life. It's just a four hour trip down I ninety five. Yeah, you can, JT. Yeah, you can. And, you know, just to touch on a question you asked me earlier about you know stars coming over here and play right now. Um, I don't know if people y'all know this or, you know, people watching know this, you know, MLS is like every other American sport. We have salary caps, right? There's only a certain amount you can pay every player. And they're like, okay, if Messi comes, how's everybody else going to come? Well, he's just opened up the, the, the thought process that players are going to come over here and, you know, instead of making 20 million in Europe, they're probably going to be on a salary of a million, but their marketing deals are going to be absolutely ridiculous, right? That's where the real money's going to come in from, right? Hence the reason Apple TV did this deal. It's no mystery why they invested so much money into this MLS package this year, right? They knew what was in the scopes of happening. They knew the likes of Messi were coming or, the, the, you know, the hints of Ronaldo potentially coming mm -hmm. and they were going to invest in this. Messi gets a cut of the streaming, but don't, don't be fooled. Apple's going to be making a ton of money off of these types of streams. You know what I'm saying? Every kid, every person around the world to watch Messi play on TV is going to have to buy the Apple TV box and the MLS subscription, right? And the yearly subscription alone is a hundred plus bucks. So you do the math on that, hundreds of millions of people, <laughs> you know, everybody's winning. So for the likes of these other top stars coming over, they might not be getting their money strictly from MLS salaries, but the marketing deals that they're gonna get behind it are gonna be astronomical, yeah. you know? And I mean, that's why Messi and Ronaldo every year on the Forbes list is top three, there, top yeah. four, not yeah. just based off their soccer salary, but all the endorsements. So, so I lied. Have one really last quick question. See what I got to deal I with? Did. Actually, two. He, he lied Actually, a lot. two. It's yes or no. It, it's yes. It's yes or no. We know you've had a long day, but yes or no. With this signing, does Ronaldo come over to the MLS within the next two or three years? Oh, boy. I, oof, it's a tough question. The only reason I think he would shy away from coming, and I'm not saying he wouldn't, the only reason I have my, you know, my, I'm hesitant about saying that he would come is because Ronaldo has a different type of personality. Ronaldo loves the limelight. He loves the stardom. And for me, Ronaldo would have felt like I wanted to be the one to come over first. I don't want to follow this man's footsteps, right? You know, Ronaldo's come out with many documentaries. He played with a player that I represent, Weston McKinney at Juventus. And you know, when 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 Ronaldo didn't win the Ballon d'Or, which is played here around the whole world, that one year when Messi won, and clearly Ronaldo should have won, he's like, bro, I was bitter. He goes, I was angry for about a year and a half, two years. I didn't want to talk to this man, right? 
And he had to find it himself to then say, yo, yeah, nothing against you. It's just how much pride he has in terms of always being first and always winning. So following his footsteps, it might be a little bit watered down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, you never know. But I find it hard to see him coming over in the next year or so just because Messi did it first. Got it. Yep. Yep. Good. Good point there. And, and Corey, on this note, we'll leave you. I'm growing up and I still am big Juventus fan. Grow up, grew up watching <laughs> Alessandro Del Piero. That, that was my guy. Hey, hey well, look, 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 look. well, there you go. Right there. There go your Ronaldo jersey and, and West of the Kenny Sign jerseys. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> That's a heck of a tandem there. So, yeah. so I know you've been to Italy a lot and being Italian, what is, what is your favorite Italian dish over there? Not over here, but o- over there. I, I, I got to know. My favorite Italian dish? When you go over there, not, not over it, here, not stateside. I keep, I keep it simple. I'm going to keep it real. My missus will tell you about a hundred dishes, but I'm an easy dude. I keep it real with the pizza, man. Their pizza is right. just different. You know, I love pasta. I'm a pasta dude, but the pizza, what? And it's like five euros, six dollars, seven dollars for a pizza. It's like you can't beat that. Man. Nice. Hey, JT, um, that's what we say. Hey, forget about it. Forget about yeah, it. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. This, if you didn't know, this is an Italian show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full Italian show. It's, it's, it's all, show. all throughout the fabric of this show. So <laughs> it, it, that question is right on brand for what you for show you are right now. <laughs> well, Corey. Th- Thank you very much for your time. We we appreciate it. We know it's late, but thank you very much for your time and your insight. That that is great. Our fans and listeners, you know, really appreciate that. And and you just brought that that knowledge to us in such a monumental um, day and week for for soccer in in the U.S. So so thank you very much. Nah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Right. We'd love to have you back on again. All right, y'all take care. All right. All right. Have a good night. You too, please. Thank you. So, JT. This this, this guy, you're making it seem like I don't know anything about soccer. Jesus, man. I know who Messi is. You were awfully quiet during that that segment, man. Because I'm listening to our expert. That's why we have them on. So I can listen to them and I have to listen to the shit that you say. Jesus, (laughs) man. And I, I still have to listen to you. Jesus. But no, but no, uh, we appreciate Corey coming on. Uh, legend in his own right. That's why we call him the expert. Come on to give you guys that behind the scenes look. And hopefully we'll have him back on soon as Messi dries up all the prices. Because I, I can't already, I already can't afford the MLS uh, season package subscription. It looks <laughs> I was like going to say, that's the only way we're going to be able to see him. Like, I guess I got to get the season it, package. It looks like I can't afford the uh, the DC game either. That's too expensive <laughs> for me. Don got it, I don't. I, I, I wanted to go to Audi Field. I can't go for that game, apparently. Because it's the, the prices are way too high. Those are JT prices. You can afford nah, that. Nah, I ain't got it like you that. You can afford that. I don't got the jerseys in my background. But so we were just talking about football. Let's transition to American football. Right. I know you're going to get tired of talking about this because I feel like this question everybody's going to be talking about until they actually either name a starter or we see what's going on in week one. So 49ers QB1, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and the remains of Sam Donald that's still in the league right now, but getting the first team reps. Who should be the 49ers QB1 this year out of those three guys? I'm pretty sure we've talked about this and we've answered it. But JT, since your name comes on the show first, you get to whatever creative content. So we'll we'll ask it and answer it again. It's Brock Purdy. Shanahan said it a couple months ago. 
He's making, meaning Brock Purdy's making great progress after the surgery with his injury. And I know why this all comes up because what George Kittle said yesterday. Listen, George Kittle saying what he said that Trey Lance looks tremendously better or whatever words he used, that just goes to show you how much Trey Lance truly struggled last year, JT. And on top of that, George Kittle saying that partly because he wants to increase Trey Lance's trade value so they can get they <laughs> no, can get assets in return to help now? them. Yeah, he's part of the John Lynch Kyle Shanahan trio here. He's trying to drive up Trey Lance's trade value so they can move Trey Lance and get assets in return to help him win a Super Bowl. That's all this is. It's Brock Purdy, QB1 49ers, if he's healthy opening day. Nah, it's Trey Lance, man. Oh, my. It's simply because he's the most expensive quarterback on the roster. Uh, you know what? I never thought about that. That is actually. That would be the most diabolical shit. I didn't even thought that that should have been right under my nose. I should have seen that. George Kittle hyping up Trey Lance to increase his trade value. And you know what? If that is true, then Trey Lance should not be the starting quarterback because he didn't even say he was great. He was like, I'm not going to lie. He looks better than he did yeah, last exactly. year, which is horrible. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's either Trey Lance really is better or George Kittle's like, oh, this man sucks, but I can't I can't put my name on saying he's good for when he does get traded and everybody sees he's trash. But it's got to be Trey Lance. They picked him number three overall. They traded up to get him. He hasn't even started five games. Like, you still got to know, like, what he can do. Because here's the thing. He leaves and goes somewhere else, and he's good. It's always going to be that what if. What if we would have just hung in there a little bit better? What if we would just built around his skill set? So you got to find out. Shanahan don't want him, so there's obviously a John Lynch play, but number three overall, you can't just throw him away after five games. Like, you got you to gotta see what you got. I don't know. I don't know. So can we be done talking about the 49ers? No, because they'll sign back Jimmy G uh. after, he, after he fails another physical. <laughs> and it'll be a four-quarterback race. So after no, the 49ers – QB battle won't be dead until Brock Purdy wins. I, That's what's going to happen. I heard Joe Montana's coming back, too. He probably, so. he probably would be the best quarterback they got. <laughs> Steve Young, for sure. I mean, Steve Young probably still got some wheels. Um, all right, so toward the end of the show here, forget about it or forget it. We've had a great show so far talking all sorts of sports, having the great guests that we had on in, in, in Corey Gibbs. So forget about it or forget it. You know the way it works by now. And JT still misspells it on the on the cue cards. It's all right. Ah, see, yeah, I wanted to do that just to piss you, you off. It, you took it back. Yeah, there just we to go. piss you off. Hey, I, I, knew, I, I knew you couldn't let it go. Wow, wow. Knew you couldn't let it go. That was can't a test that you failed. See, can't trust the guy. That just proves it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go through these so, quick. All right, so we're going to read a statement. If we agree with it or more so it's a hot take, we say forget about it. If we think it's not a hot take that it's not right it's fugazi so first one jt the your florida panthers because you claim that's your hockey team your florida panthers are dunzo in the stanley cup finals you know what you want to say don't be biased here forget about it <laughs> yes i'm not even gonna say anything else Forget about it. Say, next one. I I love my Panthers, but if it, if those first two games show me anything, like we we shouldn't be in this game playing this team. It is 
it is night and day when Vegas is on the attack on offense. It's like, I feel like they're going to score every time. The Panthers just don't have an answer. So much that I feel like we're, we're, we're resulting to like cheap things to try to distract them just to not get beat as bad. It's, it's getting Bobrovsky pulled and seeing him on the bench and his face, see a look in his face, just show me it was over. Like, we just can't compete with this team. Like, if, if they come back and win this series, it's the greatest team of all time, but it's not happening. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they've been hanging tight here um, in, in, in game uh, three tonight. So what's the score? Hey, you never know, but they are tell losing. The score. They're, they're losing. You, you want to know the score? Tell them the score. Tell, 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 tell. So the Panthers are losing two to one heading into the third. So they're hanging tough though. You never know what can happen in the third period, but You've got my answer. I don't. I'm not even going to rub salt in the wound there and, and and say forget about it. All right, next one. Russell Wilson will regret declining a trade to the Eagles for the rest of his life. Forget about it or for Gazy. For Gazy. That's for Gazy. I mean, he went to a place in Denver that wants him. He now has Sean Payton, and you forget this. We all act like he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Like, his legacy is in question. What are you talking about? I don't even know how much a Super Bowl win could improve his legacy. I think people are pretty much set on how they view Russ all the time. Like, it is what it is. If if you like him like me, I I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. If if you're still against him saying, oh, it was all the Legion of Boom, no matter what he does moving forward, you're always going to hold that against him. So, that's that's Fugazi. He's not going to regret that. Yeah, Fugazi. And I'll add on to it. He's rich, has 12 bathrooms, and he's married to Sierra. I knew you were going to say that. He'll be all right. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Tyler Hero is the real MVP for not wanting to come back and mess up the rhythm of the Heat. Hey, look, man, I know this has been a clean show, but can I curse on this show finally? Hey, as long as you add to the potty jar. But Gazy, fuck that rhythm. We need our wow. best players out there. Wow. Look, at worst, he is 2B on this team. They'll figure it out if he's out there and healthy. Him not being out there hurts us more than, than helping us by not messing up the rhythm. Like, we have to have this ridiculous rhythm because he's not there. If he can play, get his ass out there so we can have the best team possible to win this championship. Like, there's nothing else after this. These these are all the games that matter. I don't care what he does next year. If he can play, get out there now. Yeah, it's Fugazi. I mean, the team needs you. Like, there's a difference between sacrificing for the team you know, diving on the floor, doing whatever it takes, and then being worried or there's a lack of confidence, you're not going to help your team. And I'm not saying that's the case, but you got to be out there. They need you. You need to add that depth. You need to add another shooter. They they need you. We need somebody that can get their own offense, like without having to have Jimmy Butler pass it to you while getting mobbed at the basket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, this next one is good. Galvin per- perfect timing because what what came out today you saw the report today that did they release him yet well, well he will be released not yet but reports are indicating they will release dalvin cook if they can't trade him and at this point it doesn't look like they got a trade partner so dalvin cook's about to be a free man everyone so that means er- everyone can take a crack at him dalvin cook would make the dolphins a top three super bowl contender forget about it or fugazi oh uh, you definitely wrote this one fugazi Fugazi. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing. Again, we always say this. No team is ever one player away, all right, JT, from, from the Super Bowl, right, unless your name is Tom Brady. And, and this is the reason why he doesn't put them in the top three. Two reasons. They've already got 
a nice duo at the running back spot. Jeff Jeff Wilson and in in Mostert, right? So I like those guys already. Now Cook is is a little bit better than them, right? He's a, a little tier, bit better. He's a tier above them. Uh, hold on. The reason why I say a little bit better is listen to this stat. His rushing yards over expectation dropped from plus 81 yards to minus 41 over the past year, according to Next Gen Stats. And on top of that, Dalvin Cook led the NFL with 62 carries that either lost yards or didn't gain a yard per ESPN's Kevin Seifert. He ain't making them a Super Bowl top three contender, buddy. You better okay. hope you have everything else already there. The, the, the Dolphins are either already a top three Super Bowl contender or they're not. Dalvin Cook don't make a difference for them. Once again, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Wow. It's, I just it backed is, it up it with is, next gen stats. You know about it. First next of all, gen first stats. Of all to say he, he is just a little bit better than Mostert and Jeff Wilson is ridiculous. And you should mute your mic and take your ass out the studio. This is, still, hey, this is still a top six no, running back on, in the on. league. You no, add him with top six? Top six. six? You wow. add him with Tyreek and Waddle. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be insane in that offense. And also, you're missing the factor. This is going to be a coming home party for him. So he gets to come home. He gets to have that Kobe farewell tour. This needs to happen. And you know what? You want to talk about next-gen stats? I'll give you one even better. This man had shoulder surgery. So guess what? I was reading the medical report. They're saying because he got his shoulder fixed, this is probably going to be the healthiest he's been in years. I'm all for it. Put him in South Beach, going to the Super Bowl. Nope, he's already hitting 28, bro. It's over. It's you selling over. or you buying him in Dynasty? It's, it's over. I'm selling. Hold on, real question. I'm if selling. He lands, if he lands in Miami, you selling or buying him? I know you already got Madison. I'm selling. I'm selling. Selling if he goes to Miami. Wow. Okay. I'm. I'm. Se- I would have been selling back in in February when those reports came out that they're looking. People don't to buy trade from you. That's the reason why. I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> next one. Next one. Josh Allen on the Madden cover spells doom for the Bills. Forget about it. It's wow. a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> wow. jo- jo- first of all, Josh Allen is already doing the destructive decision making that, that always happens to athletes. He's already dating a celebrity, and now he's on the Madden cover without winning anything. Stefan Diggs' frustration last year that since he gave was the beginning. He's like, I see Josh Allen is changing. He's ar- He's a rock star with no platinum albums. It doesn't make wow. sense. The, the Madden cover is the nail in the coffin. This shit is over. It's Fugazi. It's Fugazi. One, the curse has been broken many times. Most recently, 21-22, when Patrick Mahomes was on the cover. So there's no more curse on it. All right. And two, quit being such a Bills and Josh Allen hater. I wish Germ was on the show tonight because you are such a. You know what? Hater. I wish Germ listen, was on this show listen. too because he's been he's been missing ever since Embiid hasn't been in the playoffs. So I, no, we're, we're going listen. on we're going on going on a year now. Where's he been? I, I, I would love to see Germ too. So Germ, if you're watching, a, you know who we are. Hit us up. Give the man a break. Embiid just won MVP. Listen, Bill's Mafia is going to be coming for you on social media, bro. For how much hate you have against them and Josh, like quit it. It's unbecoming of a talk show host. It's unbecoming of a person that you say is a hater. It really this is exactly is. the shit I'm supposed to be doing. No, I'm telling you. No, not this one. That's not what we do here. Quit being a hater. Quit being a hater.
So can you stop? Can you stop being a hater for once? Nah. Wow. Make one happy. Well, and man, you know what? I hope the Las Vegas Knights sweep you guys just for. I mean, just they probably. You know, I've, I've had to live through the first two massacres. What's what's what's, what's two more? Wow. So, JT, I'll tell you what, that may have just been the best episode ever of JT and the Don. We talked, we talked golf, we talked some basketball, football, and of course, the big segment, soccer, talking about Lionel Messi coming to enter Miami with our very special guest, Corey Gibbs. So thank you again to him. Great show. And to all the fans and listeners out there, thank you very much for listening and watching and remember to please subscribe to us JT and the Don All Sports podcast we can be found on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts and remember if you like what we do leave us a five star review and JT if you don't like what we do leave us a five star review and remember you can also follow us on social media our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And again, remember JT and the Don All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. And JT, your heater going down in five like the Don predicted. Until the next episode, see you. Peace.